the college baseball experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by where are my ad reads <laughs> sorry about this uh the college baseball experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by edge boost edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest so go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today all right, already welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, and I'm coming at you live, 6.27 a.m. Good morning, college baseball fans. Uh, 31 games available, all well on time, but these are the most games that we've ever had to go, on, go over, and basically I spent the night uh, pulling names, just uh, – there was only, I think, two official listed pitchers for the entire day here, um, so I have a I have a whole doc on pitchers that will be throwing, or I think will throw, and there were two confirmed pitchers. So, uh, just a lot of projections uh, from me here today, with a lot of stats, and I linked. All of this, all of the names that I'll be using for today's podcast will be in the podcast description. So shout out to you guys if you are tuning in to listen for that um, and check it out for your own. I appreciate you downloading the podcast and giving this a shot. My name is Noah Beanick, a.k.a. 77NB. That is my Twitter tag. You can follow me there. I'll be posting my picks throughout the day on Twitter. But I figure, hey, let's use this pod to get out some pitcher projections here um, and my best ability. Cause I mean, I'm going to be sleeping until probably two in the afternoon. I'm just telling you that straight up. So I'm going to be betting a couple of these just on my projections alone because I trust them enough because Hey, they, they fall rest wise. Hey, this is their turn in the rotation they would be on full rest to throw to start this game. So that is what I'll be betting on most of these games with that type of information. Um, and I, I don't think the people want to hear more about yesterday's games or anything like that. I'll add anything that I would like to prior to the games that I'm going to talk about, but I'm just going to sprint through these kind of, we have 31 games to talk about. The Alabama Troy game is not going to be offered. Of course, for tomorrow. Um, the first game on the slate is UConn and Florida AM. Uh, the Huskies are minus 440 on the money line, Florida AM plus 330. Total set at 13.5. The run line on UConn's minus 4.5 plus 100, plus 4.5 for Fan U is minus 130. For Florida AM, I think that Hunter Vietz could throw. He's 8 and 2 with a 312 ERA. 78 strikeouts, 17 walks, and 86.2 innings. A 259 opponent's batting average, a 318 ERA in his last three appearances. And for UConn, I think that it could be Andrew Sears. He's 2 and 1 with a 685 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 47.1 innings. With a 270 opponent's batting average in his last four appearances, he has a 9 ERA. So, this is how I'm going to be attacking it the whole the whole day, guys. I mean, I literally just wrote down guys that I thought could pitch. It took me about four and a half hours to do that for the 31 games, and I didn't even write down any of my favorite plays here. I have a couple of th- 
things highlighted on what I would be targeting here. Um, Florida A&M, I'm not sure if I'm going to end up playing that on the money line, but plus four and a half would be worthy here because Andrew Sears has been UConn's like second best starter so far this season or throughout the season, I mean. And he's got a 685 ERA on the year and a 90 ERA in his last four games. So I'm going to write that one down here on my notebook here, and I'll review all of my early looks or leans. And then I'm going to end up betting like probably half of them that I run over at the end here. So Florida AM plus four and a half. And that is minus 130. That's the first one that I kind of like here. Uh, shout out to Carson Bowser. He was the first one in the chat at 627. He goes, best time of the year. Hey, Amen. It is. I really do. I really, I really do think it is the best time of the year. Um, I like conference tournaments where you see a lot of the teams play their last weeks, uh, last games of the of the season during that one full week. But uh, the sheer amount of quality games this week during the regional round in the NCAA baseball tournament is just unmatched. Cole Thiessen, Cole Thyssen, we'll get there at the end of the show. I'll r- run through uh, the rest of them. Um, but first, I got to – I got to run some ads. So Edge Boost, this episode is supported by Edge Boost. And if you have not heard of them, they are the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2,500 in betting advances, which can be extremely valuable. Uh, And imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. You can get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a bet that you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or hedge. So all those regional futures, all those College World Series futures that you got down on here before this NCAA tournament, this is a great opportunity and a great tool that you can use. Edge Boost isn't just sleazy loans, isn't just some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. And you must be 21 years or older to use it. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. I appreciate you guys for staying in here. Game number two on our slate is Northeastern and George Mason. Also, I want to mention, so if you are new to the NCAA baseball tournament, how they determine the home teams. Um, if it's a three versus four seed, the three seed's going to host. Um, however, uh, and same thing with the one versus the two seed, the one seed will host. But the way that it's determined is if a one seed's playing a three seed, that one seed's already hosted a game. They're, they've already been the home team. I think I've said host every time. They've already been the home team is what I mean. Uh, so the one seed's already been home. The three seed would then be the home team, and that would be their first home game of the regional, and the NCAA just chooses to even that out rather than the host team, say Florida, uh, for example. Texas A&M is going to be the home team. They're going to bat second against Florida, and that's for every regional that doesn't go, hey, the one seed's playing the two seed in the winner's bracket, the three seed's playing the four seed. If it's the two seed against the four seed in the loser's bracket, the four seed's going to be the home team because they were the road team first, and the two seed was because uh, they were the road team first, and the two seed was the home home team. 
hopefully I didn't fuck that up because I'm tired and uh, mis-explain it. But yes, Northeastern George Mason is the second game on the slate. Northeastern also uh, Huskies here minus 500 on the money line against George Mason plus 370 total set at 12 and a half. Uh, the spread is minus four and a half on Northeastern minus 120. George Mason plus four and a half minus 110. Um, projected for the pitchers here, I have Chad Gartland. He's six and two for George Mason with a 343 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 26 walks, 89.1 innings. And uh, opponents are hitting 243 against him. He has a 233 ERA in his last three appearances, but I, it's not a strong trend that I was looking at. A couple of these. Um, they've really kind of been back and forth, hot and cold in the middle of these uh, stretches. I'll let you know when I pretty much uh, strongly believe in it one way or the other, whether it's good or bad to back it. And Northeastern, uh, they didn't start their ace yesterday against Maryland, surprisingly to me. Um, so Avon Cabral, he's 9-3 and three with a 226 ERA. He's going to be on full rest here. He has 68 strikeouts on the year, 12 walks. And 79.2 innings. He has an opponent's batting average 243, and he has a 138 ERA in his last four appearances. And the reason why I, I, I don't have this one highlighted, and again, I, I did this like this specific game like three and a half hours ago, but I think it was because of the competition that he's played against um, and just the stretch that he was on, he may not have pitched too deep into those games as well. Um, so that's just some of the reasons that I was looking at. And again, uh, this will be available available to you guys on the website. Uh, when I post this podcast, you'll be able to view that. And when this podcast is posted on any streaming service for uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that jazz, I might even, I, I should probably put it in on YouTube too, after the show too. Um then the next game on our slate is Charlotte and Lipscomb. Charlotte minus 160, Lipscomb plus 130. I, I forgot to give out a, uh, a lean or a play there. I'm on Northeastern with Cabral going. I mean, that's their ace. And the way that George Mason looked, they really didn't string together anything offensively whatsoever. I know Wake Forest is legit, but still, they just didn't show any signs of life. Minus four and a half on Northeastern, who only scored two runs yesterday. But they did show some sort of fight early on. Uh, this is a team that I think could uh, break out of the offensive slump on Saturday, uh, whereas George Mason, I didn't see it from them in uh, game one. So minus four and a half, I guess, would be the lean there because you're not going to play a minus 500 on the money line, and I won't. I wouldn't parlay Northeastern either. Uh, Charlotte Lipscomb is the third game on the slate. Charlotte minus 160. Lipscomb plus 130. Total set at 12 and a half. Minus one and a half on Charlotte's minus 125. Lipscomb plus one and a half minus 105. For Lipscomb, I project that Braden Tucker will throw. He's 7 and 0 with a 354 ERA, 86 strikeouts, 27 walks, 86.1 innings. Pitched uh, with uh, a 219 batting average against him. He has a three ERA in his last five appearances. And then for Charlotte, Wyatt Hudepool is, I think, going to throw here. He's got a 6 and 6 ERA, 444, or 6 and 6 record, 444 ERA, 118 strikeouts on the year, 26 walks in 97.1 innings, 
236 opponents batting average against him in his last four appearances. He has an 823 ERA. So I can tell you this, there's a huge difference between these two pitchers. One guy, uh, like I mentioned, in huge pull for Charlotte has an 823 ERA in his last four appearances. Tucker, three ERA in his last five appearances. These two guys are in completely uh, different stratospheres right now with the way they're, they've been pitching. Uh, Lipscomb is a nice dog. I, I really like Lipscomb here. So they're plus 130. I'm going to write that one down for myself here on this notepad, and we'll come back to that at the end of the show. Uh, the next game on our slate is Louisiana and Maine. Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, they're minus three, th- 355. Maine, plus 275. Uh, a couple of these teams that got blown out in game one, they're huge dogs, bigger than they were in uh, the one seed games. I'm already noticing that. Uh, total set at 13.5. Louisiana's minus 3.5. Maine, plus 3.5. Uh, Louisiana was in an absolute dogfight with Texas yesterday uh a couple of really nice defensive catches by both teams Uh, louisiana robbed a three-run home run um, in dallas or dallas in texas uh made a couple of diving catches out there against louisiana and i'm trying to find this game because DraftKings must who must have uh split up where these games were Louisiana and Maine. I know I went and looked at all these. Louisiana, Maine. Okay, so Maine, I project that Caleb Lays is going to throw. He's 5-0 and with a 430 ERA, 69 strikeouts, 49 walks in 67.1 innings. Uh, opponents are hitting 226 against him. He has an 069 ERA in his last two appearances, but I don't think I valued that too much uh, because of the competition that he faced. And then for Louisiana, Carson Fluno. Is going to start. He's three and one with a 4.47 ERA, 61 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 56.1 innings. Opponents are hitting 265 against him, and he has a 3.68, uh, 3.63 ERA in his last four appearances. So that's pretty solid uh, for him. But uh, I have no interest in playing Louisiana at minus 3.55 here. Um, total seems kind of. If anything, a little bit high, but I don't love either one of these pitchers to take an under. I mean, my reads on totals right now, we haven't had totals all season long, so uh, I'm going to have to really love it to back it here on the pod. Um, Next game on our slate is North Carolina, minus 220 against Wright State, plus 180. Once again, the Raiders get their hearts ripped out of them. Uh, in the last couple of innings of the game, 2021 Tennessee walk-off grand slam. And then last night or le- yesterday afternoon, a uh, little bleeder in the right field walk uh, sets up the win in the ninth for Indiana State in the top of the inning. So th- one one of these years, this team's going to break through because I am a fan of the Raider gang. I just I didn't love the regional that they got placed in because they didn't necessarily fit um pitching wise and the park that they're playing and their offense just isn't that consistent and they were relying on the long ball and on paper i didn't think that a ton of balls would be flying out of Terre Haute this weekend total set at 13 and a half uh minus two and a half on north carolina minus 125 right state plus two and a half minus 105 
this game, I project that Luke Stoffel for Wright State could throw. He's 5-5 five and five with a 360-80 array, 60 strikeouts, 35 walks, and 73.1 innings. Opponents are hitting 255 against him, and he's got a 243 ERA in his last five appearances. And for North Carolina, Max Carlson, I think, could th- throw here. He's 4 and 2 with a 597 ERA, 71 strikeouts, 30 walks, and 69.1 innings. Uh, 272 batting average against him with a 529 ERA in his last three appearances. Here, I would maybe explore a right state money line. Plus 180, it's not terrible. Uh, I think North Carolina is going to end up winning the game, but you can't take a minus 220 money line there on North Carolina. In my, in my opinion, there's just too much juice, and I'm not laying minus two and a half on the Tar Heels um, when I can't rely on their pitching staff. One more ad that I have to do here, the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals are going on right now, and we've got two contests for you for free on the SGPN app, exclusively for free on that app. You can also view series props and game props from all of our contributors picking on the website. Um, and you could earn a $100 FG, SGPN gift card uh, for each contest. So the winners of each contest get a $100 SGPN gift card. Download the SGPN app today and enter those pools. Um, and if you download the SGPN app, you can view my college baseball picks for free. Uh, what you do is you go to the main menu. Uh, you can also do this on the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Go to the main menu, then hit the MLB tab. There's a drop down, and it's called College Baseball Picks. Pretty simple. Uh, the only hard part is that it's under MLB. But once you're there, it's self explanatory. The locks next to each pick are the ones that indicate that I am betting on those plays, that I actually have money on those. Uh, also at noon today, Campbell against Central Connecticut State. Campbell is minus 550. Uh, CCSU plus 400. Total set at 14 and a half. The Camels are minus four and a half at minus 135. Uh, and the Blue Devils plus four and a half, plus 105. Uh, for Campbell, I project that Hunter Lloyd could throw here. He's four and four with a 461 ERA. 64 strikeouts, 32 walks, 66.1 innings on the year, a 2.44 batting average against him, 3.71 ERA in his last three appearances. And for Central Connecticut, Dominic Neiman could throw here. He's got a 2.76 ERA, 90 strikeouts, 24 walks, and 97.2 innings. He has a 2.03 ERA in his last four appearances. This is Central Connecticut's ace. They didn't throw him in game one. Obviously, they got ran out of the building by South Carolina. They kind of just punted the game knowing that, hey, we're probably not going to win against the one seed here. Let's take our chances against the two seed, against their uh, second best starter, and see how we fare. 12-2 and two with a 2.76 ERA on the year, a 2.03 ERA in his last four appearances. They've got a fighting chance. And Central Connecticut State plus 400. It's not the worst look in the world. If you want to shorten it up, plus four and a half, plus 105 is an all right play too. I'm probably not going to go there. I just think that Campbell is still just a smoking gun. Uh, yesterday they didn't really do anything, and I think today they could erupt on this four seed here that also just got blown out by South Carolina. So uh, you got to show me a little bit of life for me to 
put actual money on you. So uh, I'm not betting on Campbell here, but I think the side that if you do want to get some action on this game, it's with the Blue Devils. Uh, also at noon, UNCW, the three seed, is up against Coastal Carolina, the one seed, in an elimination game. The Chanticleers are minus 165 on the money line, UNCW plus 135. The total set at 15. Uh, Coastal, minus 1.5, minus 110. The Seahawks, minus 120 on the plus 1.5. Uh, um, for Coastal Carolina, they would be the road team in this game. Jack Billings is who I project could start for them. He's 3-0 and with a 435 ERA, 47 strikeouts, 26 walks in 39.1 innings pitched. Um, he has a 211 uh, opponent's batting average against him and a 293 ERA in his last three appearances. For UNCW, uh, Zane Taylor who's 7-2 with a 325 ERA, I think could start here. He's got 56 strikeouts on the year, 19 walks in, 83 innings pitched, a 230 batting average against him, and a 145 ERA in his last seven starts. This is a guy that I feel comfortable backing. And the the, the total of 15 seems a little high. Now, I, I know I think Duke beat UNCW 12-3 yesterday. And then Coastal beat Ryder eleven to, or Ryder beat Coastal eleven to ten. Both games kind of went over the fifteen. So probably I would stay away from the total. I would just go with UNCW if you're going to play this one. Uh, again, Coastal hosting this one. I don't think they're going to roll over and go two and barbecue. So I'm not going to jump on UNCW here either. Uh, Lane Elliott, he goes, to be fair, Campbell had 10 hits, one run yesterday. They did leave a ton of runners on base. Uh, I feel like they would put up some runs today. That's kind of my feeling on this, too. I, like, I'm not going to mess with fading them here. Um, however, I, I do like uh, the, the Central Connecticut's ace that they held back yesterday, Dominic Neiman. Um, so, yeah, that's the thought process there. Um, but yeah, Campbell, they made about two or three errors in a two or three inning stretch that I was just like, they gave away two or three runs. That's a lot of two or threes, but it happened within a two, three inning stretch. Um, and then they left the bases loaded and it just felt like it was over in like the fifth inning when that happened, it was like three, one. And I felt like Campbell had been playing better than NC State, just weren't getting the runs across, weren't scratching them across. And NC State was dodging bullets left and right, getting out of innings. They had a couple of double plays mixed in there as well. Uh, the next game, also at noon, Eastern time, Oklahoma against the Army. Uh, Oklahoma is minus 255, Army plus 205, total set at 13.5. The Sooners minus 2.5, minus 140. The Black Knights plus one ten plus two and a half. There, um, for Army, this is a guy that I thought would throw yesterday. He didn't. So again, Army was a four seed that held back their ace, Mike Ruggieri. He's nine and one with a two eighty six ERA, sixty strikeouts, thirty five walks in sixty nine point one innings, a two forty four batting average against him. 
but he does have a 525 ERA in his last two appearances. Not in great uh, form lately. Oklahoma, it's a complete crapshoot. They really only had one guy, and they used him yesterday against East Carolina, and that didn't end well either. That was Braden Carmichael. Today, I project that Braxton Dothit could throw. He's 4-6 and six with a 589 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 53 walks. He's got more walks than strikeouts uh, in 70.1 innings on the year. A 236 opponent's batting average against him, and he's got a 1236 ERA in the month of May that just ended. So uh, not in great form and really hasn't been amazing all year long. Army seems alive here to me. Uh, they're a team that I thought could put up a fight in this regional. Uh, so that one's one that I'm going to, I'm going to write down army at plus two and two Oh five on the money line here. So again, I, I didn't write down any plays or any liens that I had. I was doing listed pitchers, which took me about four hours. And then I'm, I'm filling these out on the fly. And then I'll give out what I'm going to bet at the end of the show. <clears throat> then I'm going to go to sleep, probably miss most of the early slate, and then get up for the winner's bracket games. Um, also at noon, uh, Moneyline Max, West Virginia team, they dropped the game to Indiana. They, I think they gave up six runs in the ninth inning to completely just make it look even worse than it was. It was actually quite close for most of it. But the Mountaineers are minus 235 on the money line. Ball State plus 190. Total set at 12.5. West Virginia minus 2.5 is minus 125. Ball State plus 2.5 minus 105. Got to find this on my sheet because they mixed around a ton of these games. But West Virginia, I think they could start Ben Hampton here. He's been their normal uh, he's been starting most game ones, actually, for them throughout the season. Blaine Traxel's been their uh, better pitcher throughout the year. They flipped him the Friday. He he did all right against Indiana. He wasn't stellar by any means. But Ben Hampton is on full rest here. He should start game two for them in an elimination game. He's 5-3 and three on the year with a 4-17 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 29 walks, 82 innings on the year. And opponents are hitting 272 against him with a 4-16 ERA. In his last four appearances. Uh, and then for Ball State, Ty Johnson with a four four and two record, 381 ERA, could get the nod here. He's 63 strikeouts on the year, 29 walks, 49.2 innings on the year, uh, with a 192 batting average against him, 491 ERA in his last three appearances. So uh, both guys aren't in an amazing form as of late. So I'm not putting any money on this one unless it's on the on the over, uh, which is 12 and a half, and it's not bad at all. That one is 12 and a half is reasonable. That would be the pick here for this game from me, over 12 and a half. Um, next game is 3 o'clock, Santa Clara against Arizona. The Wildcats are minus 150 on the money line. The Broncos plus 120. Total set at 13 and a half, minus 115 both ways. Uh, plus one and a half on Santa Clara's minus one thirty. The minus one and a half on Arizona's plus one hundred. Um, Santa Clara is going to be the road team in this game. They could start Jared Fikes, who's six and one, with a five oh five ERA, fifty two strikeouts, twenty two walks in sixty six innings pitched this year. 
He's got a 135 ERA in his last two appearances. And then for Arizona, I think Aiden May will get the ball. He's 5-2 and two with a 650 ERA, 70 strikeouts, 30 walks in 70.2 innings with his 317 batting average against him. He has a 270 ERA in his last two appearances. Both these guys have been in good form as of late, um, but on the season, not too good. Um, the ball seemed to be flying in that Fayetteville Regional early. I would just settle for an Arizona money line here, minus 150. I'm personally not interested in playing it, but that's where I would go just because the total seems a bit high for two guys that are in form. I think it's listed for their full season, but I'm not looking the back and under with their stats on the full year, if that makes any sense. So uh, not sold on a total, if anything, it would be a Wildcats money line here for me. Three o'clock. This one's going to be one of the better games in of the day, in my opinion. Dallas Baptist against Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are minus 150 on the money line. The Pats are plus 120. Total at 13 and a half. Oklahoma State minus one and a half is plus 100. DBU plus one and a half minus 130. Four. Uh, Dallas Baptist, I think Zach Heaton will get the ball. He's 4-1 and one with a 329 ERA, 52 strikeouts, 23 walks in 63 innings with a 236 batting average against him, a 240 ERA in his last four appearances. For Oklahoma State, Jerron Watts-Brown, he's 6-4 and four with a 450 ERA. He's probably going to have to go with their backs up against the wall. He's been their go-to guy for most of the season with a one, 117 strikeouts, 47 walks in 78 innings. Opponents are hitting 210 against him, but he has a 678 ERA in his last four appearances. I'd be leaning Dallas Baptist here. This is still a team that I really, really like, and I favored them to come out of the regional. So uh, the Patriots here would be the pick for me, uh, plus 120 on the money line. Next game, San Jose State and – Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton's minus 165 on the money line. San Jose State plus 135. Total set at 11. That's quite low. And Fullerton minus 1.5 plus 105. San Jose State plus 1.5 minus 135. Uh, Fullerton was the latest game of the night. They were the last team. Uh, them and Texas A&M were the last two teams to finish play during the night. So who knows? That could be affecting Fullerton here. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna be the home team for the matchup. I think they'd start Evan Yates. He's two and two with a 357 ERA, 63 strikeouts, 29 walks in 68 innings pitched. He has a 326 ERA in his last three appearances. Uh, and then San Jose State, Mickey Thompson, I think could throw. He's three and five with a 452 ERA, 59 strikeouts, 41 walks, 77.2 innings pitched on the season. Uh, 252 batting average against him and 319 ERA in his last two appearances. Uh, nothing that I really, really love in this game. Uh, I would favor Fullerton to win the game, but I'm not going to bet them at minus 165. I like the over, if anything, at 11 and a half. Uh, next game is Xavier against Eastern Illinois. Uh, Xavier would be the home team in this matchup, and I've got to find them on my sheet here. There we go. Uh, Xavier, minus 185 on the money line. Eastern Illinois, plus 150. Total set at 12. Musketeers, minus 1.5, minus 135. 
Eastern Illinois plus one and a half, plus one oh five. Um, EIU they could start Nick Laxner, who's got a three twenty one a year ray on the year, forty strikeouts, only seven walks, with sixty one point two innings uh, on the season, with a two sixty six opponents batting average against him. He's got a two seventy eight year ray in his last four appearances, pretty solid there. And then Xavier, I think they could start Ethan Bosacker, who's seven and three with a three eighty four year ray, ninety five strikeouts, twenty nine walks in eighty nine point one innings pitched with a 238 batting average against him. He's got a 413 ERA in his last four appearances. This one, I feel like the the under could be in play here uh, with the way that Laxner's pitched in his last four games. That would be my pick here. I'm not looking to take it based on he's pitching in the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, but that would be solid. I'm going to write that down just in case that we don't find a ton of plays today. Uh, again, I didn't look at any of this prior to recording. I, I just wrote down all the pitchers that I could throw or that I thought would throw. It is over 12 in Xavier EIU. Okay. Uh, the next game on our slate is also 3 o'clock, Nichols and Boston College. Uh, BC minus 205 on the money line. Nichols plus 165. Total set at 12.5, minus 115 both ways. The plus 2.5 on Nichols is minus 135. BC minus 2.5 is plus 105. Um, this is a game where Nichols will be the home team because they are the four seed going up against the two seed. Because Boston College was already home once this regional, Nichols, they were on the road their first game, it would be flipped. So Boston College, the road team, I think uh, actually this is one of our two confirmed pitchers. <laughs> Celebration time. Come on. <laughs> Chris Flynn, he's 4-2 and two on the year, 481 ERA. He will start this game. 56 strikeouts, 25 walks in 48.2 innings with a 243 opponent's batting average. In his last three starts, he has a 736 ERA. Cold hard fade. Earlier on in the season, he was like the one pitcher that I was like, you know what? He's been pretty solid for BC. I'm backing him. There was like a four or five week stretch that I bet him every Saturday, but it's gone and he's turned into an auto fade over his last three starts. And for Nichols, Devin DeSandro could get the ball here. He's two and five with a 569 ERA, 25 strikeouts, 12 walks, 49 innings, and a 303 opponent's batting average, 594 ERA in his last uh, three starts. What's the total? The total is 12 and a half. I'm taking the over here. This one's the one. Okay, this is my favorite play so far of the day. Uh, Nichols and BC over 12 and a half. I like that one a lot. Uh, Nichols and BC over 12 and a half. Next, also at 3 o'clock Eastern, Auburn and Southern Miss. These are the one and two seeds in the Auburn Regional, but they're both in the loser's bracket. So the loser goes home. The winner moves on as they attempt to win four straight games and get out of the Regional. 
The Tigers are minus 135 on the money line. Golden Eagles plus 105. Total set at 11.5. Minus 1.5 on Auburn's plus 120. Plus 1.5 on Southern Miss's minus 150. For this game, uh, Tommy Vale would probably end up starting because he didn't throw game one. Auburn threw off, and then they lost. (laughs) Um, But starting with the road team, uh, Southern Miss. Billy Oldham. I think we'll get the throw. Uh, we'll get the uh, the ball. He's six and three on the year, four sixty four ERA, eighty one strikeouts, twenty one walks, sixty four innings pitched, a two thirty one batting average against him. He's got two eighty nine ERA in his last five starts. He's been pitching really well lately. And for Auburn, Tommy Vale, like I mentioned, he's been their ace for the second half of the year. He's five and one with a three forty six ERA, seventy seven strikeouts, forty walks in sixty five innings pitched. And opponents are only hitting 181 against him on the full season. And in his last five starts, he's got a 279 ERA. This one, I like the under. Uh, what? So Southern Miss, their on their their game against Samford in Game One was set at nine and a half, and it took extra innings, and it didn't even get to nine and a half yesterday. And Auburn played against Penn; they also went to extra innings, and this one. They didn't even get to 11 and a half. Now I think I know Tanner Hall is a better pitcher than Oldham, but Auburn's ace is on the mound and Southern Miss is a really good pitching team. And Oldham has been solid in his recent appearances under 11 and a half is another one that I really like. That one's probably my second favorite play that I've given out so far today. The other ones uh, all the way up until here, I was just, you know what? I, I, I don't know where I'm going on these, the under 11 and a half in Southern Miss Auburn is a nice play. I like that a lot. So under 11 and a half, Southern Miss Auburn. We'll come back to these at the end here. Uh, Charles Grinstead on the YouTube live chat, he goes, is Auburn hitting bad or pen pitching good? So coming into it, I heard that Penn had some really good arms and in specific a a really good top three in that staff and i can pull it up here um because there's another guy that is going today uh that's quite solid the only thing that i didn't love about penn and it's it's how i kind of get a read on some mid-major teams is okay it wasn't it wasn't penn It, it was i think it was oral roberts you look at the opponents batting averages of the pitchers and in a mid-major conference like if they're making contact against them and they're getting if their averages are high against the pitchers uh usually that doesn't translate too well against sec big 12 pac 12 acc competition Penn, they have three guys with opponents batting averages below 220 and all three of them have eras below 310 it's a legit one two three in the rotation uh, so I took them a little lightly. I was on the Scott Berry, uh, hype story on what could be like the third Mississippi team to win the national championship in the last three years. I, I kind of bought into that story, maybe overlooked, uh, the Penn Quakers here a little bit. Uh, getting back on track though. Also at three o'clock, Sam Houston against Tulane. 
The Bearcats are minus 190. The Green Wave plus 155. Total set at 14.5, minus 2.5 on Sam Houston's minus 1.5 or 105. And Tulane plus 2.5 is minus uh, 125. Um, where am I at on my sheet here? Uh, this one's like all the way at the top. For some reason, they must have listed the game time wrong on the book, uh, DraftKings, that I'm using right now. But Tulane, uh, I think they'll start Ricky Castro here. Um, and by the way, I, on Twitter, got into an argument with a Tulane grad about pitching. And what did they do? Like, he was arguing about postseason baseball, saving the arms and whatnot. LSU, first off, throws Paul Skeen's 124 pitches. And then the other thing is Dylan Carmouche throws on three days rest. So, or four days rest, whatever it was. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Uh, and he blocked me, so he doesn't have to hear it. I don't have to hear it. Uh, it is what it is. Ricky Castro for Tulane is probably going to be on the mound here. Four and six year, uh, four and six record, five and 14. Jesus. Four and six record, five fourteen ERA, eighty three strikeouts, twenty two walks, and eighty two point one innings with a two eighty eight batting average against him. He's a twelve ERA in his last four appearances. And then for Sam Houston, Stephen Beard, I project to get the start. He's seven and three with a five thirty five ERA, fifty four strikeouts, twenty one walks, seventy nine innings, a two ninety nine batting average against him. He has a 6.43 ERA in his last three appearances. So this total is set quite high. That's the only thing that I don't love about it. 14.5, minus 120 on that. Sam Houston only scored two runs yesterday, and same with Tulane for that matter. Tulane faced a much, much better pitcher. Uh, probably stay away from the... I'm not going to actually bet it, but that would probably be the pick here because I don't feel comfortable enough playing Sam Houston after them getting their socks knocked off by Oregon State of all teams uh, who doesn't have a huge, powerful offense. Um, And Tulane, maybe they wake up here in game two because they were rolling the week before this. But, uh, yeah, I guess the over 14.5 would be my favorite pick for that game. Uh, moving on to the 6 o'clock slate, Eastern time. Florida, minus 165 on the money line. Texas Tech, plus 135. Total set at 12 with the under uh, juiced at minus 120. And the plus 1.5 on Texas Tech is minus 125. Florida, minus 1.5 is minus 105. For Florida, they would be the road team here. They are the one seed. The three seed uh, is the road team in game one against the two seeds. So they get to uh, be the home team against the one seed here. Florida uh, batting first, they would start Brandon Sprout, I believe. He's got a 7-1 record, 471 ERA, 106 strikeouts, 36 walks, 84 innings on the year with a 206 opponent's batting average. He's got a 393 ERA in his last five starts. For Texas Tech, I think, it could be Kyle Robinson. This one's a tough one to project just because they've had some injuries and just some guys that haven't been trustworthy in that starting rotation. So I think this is only going to be Robinson's seventh start of the season, but he started a game during the Big 12 tournament. 
He's one and one with a 5.58 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 17 walks, in 40.1 innings with a 2.52 batting average against him. He's given up zero runs in his last six innings. I think he's relieved uh, in another game, so I think he started and then relieved, and that's the recent trend for him. Again, not strong, so not taking any of these really into account. If I'll put emphasis on it, you know <laughs> if I like it. Um, for this game, I, I think Florida wins. Minus 165 is not a terrible price on it at all, uh, being that I don't even know who Texas Tech's going to throw. Uh, and Robinson was their best option. So if it's not Robinson, I think it's going to be even worse. Uh, so Florida minus 165, Florida minus one and a half. I think those are the good options in this game. Um Next game, also at 6 o'clock, Maryland and Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons are minus 265. The Terps, plus 210. Total set at 10.5 with the uh, run line, minus 1.5 on Wake, minus 155. Maryland, plus 1.5, plus 125. For this one, I have Wake Forest, starting with the road team, I have Nick Dean projected for Maryland. He's 3-1 and one with a 486 ERA, 73 strikeouts, 29 walks in 70.1 innings with a 255 batting average against him, 255 ERA in his last two appearances as well. For Wake Forest, Rhett Lauder didn't pitch yesterday, so we're going to project him to start today. He's got a 13-0 record, a 169 ERA against him, uh, 114, 114 strikeouts, 19 walks, in 95.2 innings with a 211 batting average against him, a 277 ERA in his last two appearances. He's actually looked somewhat human in his last two starts. 277 still stellar, but it's actually not louder like. Um, yeah, Wake Forest would be the pick here for me, obviously. Um, but too much juice on the run line. Honestly, with Nick Dean on the mound for Maryland, minus 265 is not worth it. I, If anything, I like the under 10.5 here in this game. Um, 6 o'clock, one of the, another really good game today is Tennessee against Clemson. The Tigers are minus 125 on the money line. The Vols are minus 105. Total set at 11. The under is juiced at minus 120. The plus one and a half on Tennessee is minus 175. And Clemson, minus one and a half is plus 140. Um, for this game, I project that Chase Dollander, who's 6-6 six and six with a 428 ERA, will throw for Tennessee. He's got 107 strikeouts on the year, 25 walks, a 232 batting average against him. And also, he has a 560 ERA. In his last four appearances. Hasn't been in the greatest form as of late. For Clemson, I think it's going to be Caden Grice. He's 8-1 and one on the year. 325 ERA. He's basically been their ace pitching in the third day of the weekend for them. 91 strikeouts, 32 walks in 69.1 innings. In his last five appearances, he has a 241 ERA. This is a nice spot. You're getting the, the Tennessee tax. It's kind of like the... The New York Yankees, because everybody's really loved Tennessee as of late over last season and this season. And Dolander is the hot shot prospect uh, for the MLB draft. He started off the year cold, wasn't doing great. 
middle of the year he kind of stretched it back out and he was looking all right last four appearances 560 era going up against Caden Grice and the Clemson team they may feel that they're not getting uh the worthy attention that you know Tennessee still gets that that pass you know they have all the talent in the world they'll come around eventually type thing I like Clemson here they just get the job done they got a bunch of blue collar guys and at minus 125 Clemson is a good pick here for me Clemson minus 125 writing that down on my notebook next to me that we can go over on the end of at the end of the show six o'clock Iowa against Indiana State minus 115 both ways the total set at 10 and a half minus 115 both ways and Iowa is minus one and a half plus 140 Indiana State plus one and a half minus 175. Um, the pitching matchup that I have projected here for this one is Brody Brecht for Iowa. Five and two with a 386 ERA, 101 strikeouts, 57 walks, 70 innings on the year, a 217 ERA in his last three appearances. For Indiana State, I think it could be Connor Fenlong, who's nine and two with a 324 ERA, 62 strikeouts, 27 walks in 100 innings. Opponents are hitting 223 against him, and he's given up zero runs in his last 29 innings. That's amazing. What's this? What's this under at? We're seeing it under 10 and a half. I think Indiana State's game against Wright State yesterday. They scored 11. I think it was 6-5 final, and Iowa North Carolina was 5-4. I like the under here. I do quite a bit. Uh, Hawkeyes and Sycamores under 10 and a half. Uh, under 10 and a half. Indiana State, Iowa. All right. Um, moving on to NC State in South Carolina, the winner's bracket game in the Columbia Regional. The Gamecocks are minus 160 on the money line. NC State plus 130. 13 and a half is the total. South Carolina minus one and a half plus 100. NC State plus one and a half minus 130. Uh, South Carolina would be the road team in this game. I think they'll start Jack Mahoney, who's six and three with a 401 ERA, 74 strikeouts, 25 walks in 74 innings pitched. He's got a 555 ERA in his last five appearances. Just something to keep in mind there. And NC State, I think they'll throw Matt Willardson. Who's five and four with a 354 ERA, 79 strikeouts, 26 walks in 76.1 innings, 252 batting average against him. He's been their guy that throws game ones uh, in their ACC regular season series. He didn't start yesterday. That was Logan Whitaker. Um, but Willardson, maybe a reason why he didn't start yesterday was he has an 849 ERA in his last three appearances. So both of these guys haven't been in great form as of late. South Carolina's offense might be back. North Carolina State. I don't know. I don't know what to make of because they're a team that I want to like, and I have a College World Series future on them at sixty-five to one. But I think I think yesterday was a little bit more fluky on their part on the win against Campbell than South Carolina's domination against Central Connecticut State. Uh, minus 160 on South Carolina would be my lean here, but I don't feel confident enough to play it. 
or that over 13 and a half either because both of these guys have been their team's number one pitcher throughout the second half of the season. So uh, not in great form as of late, but still not looking to take a 13 and a half for an over here. Uh, next one, let me take a drink real quick first. Indiana takes on Kentucky in the Lexington Regional. The Wildcats, minus 165 on the money line. The Hoosiers, plus 135. Total set at 12.5. Minus 1.5 on Kentucky's minus 105. Plus 1.5 on Indiana is minus 125. Where is my game here on this sheet? Um, Kentucky, Indiana. So, for Kentucky, they would be the road team here in this game because Indiana's the three seed. Uh, for the Wildcats, I think Zach Lee could start. He's 5-2 with a three, uh, 358 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 27 walks in 60.1 innings. He's got a 331 ERA in his last three appearances. For Indiana, actually kudos to them too because their starting pitcher yesterday, Luke Sennard, uh, got hurt in like the third inning, and they still were able to string together some uh, hits at the right time and knock off West Virginia. I think they'll start Ben Seiler here. He's one and three with a 5.72 ERA, 34 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 39.1 innings. Uh, opponents are in 2.88 against him, and he has a 3.60 ERA in the month of May. Uh, I just think Iowa's in or Iowa. I just think that Indiana is in a tough position here. Uh, especially with Sennard going down. And then their second-best starter in Seti Manasi is already dealing with an injury. They're down two of their best arms here. Uh, I think Kentucky at minus 165 is the right pick, but I'm not looking to bet the Wildcats at minus 165. The total, I would probably lean... I think it's set quite good, actually. Um, I'd probably lean over. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't really touch the total. I, I would probably lean under. Um, minus one and a half on Kentucky and minus 105 actually would probably be my favorite play in this game. Six o'clock, East Carolina and Virginia in the Charlottesville Regional. Another one of my favorite games tomorrow that I can't wait to watch. The Cavs are minus 175 on the money line. The Pirates plus 140, total set at 11.5, and, and plus 1.5 on ECU's minus 120. UVA minus 1.5 is minus 110. It's the old battle of Patty C. and Colby. Um, it's going to be awesome. There should be a camera on these guys uh, for this matchup in the office, that's for sure. For East Carolina, I project that Josh Gross could get the ball here. He's 4-2. and two. With a 365 ERA, 79 strikeouts, 38 walks in 74 innings, with a 211 batting average against him, a 573 ERA he has in his last three appearances. And for Virginia, Nick Parker, I think, will get the ball. He's 7 0 with a 406 ERA, 69 strikeouts, 18 walks in 62 innings pitched. He has a 288 ERA in his last four appearances. So both these guys are in a little bit different trajectories or trajectories in their last couple of starts, couple of their appearances, I would favor Virginia here. At minus 175, I'm not going to bet it straight, 
Uh, minus one and a half would probably be the play at minus 110. Uh, six o'clock. Let me check the chat, see if anybody jumped in. Moneyline Ed loves the pen pick. Let's go, baby. Did did I did I give it out on the on the show? I, I didn't end up betting pen, but maybe I picked it uh, on the show. Just said they might be live. I actually, I think I told Colby they might be live, but I, I didn't I didn't bet that yesterday. But props to you if you did. Uh, shout out to Moneyline Ed, who was on pen. Uh, Duke and Ryder. Six o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Ryder, the four seed, will be the home team against the two seed Duke. Uh, <clears throat> the odds for this game: Duke is minus five hundred, and Ryder is plus three seventy. The total set at twelve and a half, with the minus one thirty on the over twelve and a half, uh, plus one hundred on the under, and then plus four and a half on Ryder is minus one twenty five. Duke minus four and a half, minus one o five. Uh, the pitchers that I have projected here, actually Duke, you know it's a pull, you know it's a bullpen game with Duke. They're basically the Tampa Bay Rays of college baseball. Uh, Jason White, I think, would probably start the game, but they don't let any of their pitchers go deeper than really three innings. So uh, White on the season's two and three with a 4.64 ERA, 40 strikeouts, 19 walks in 42.2 innings, 2.56 a batting average against him, and. He had a 194 ERA in the month of May. For Ryder, I think that Brian Young could start. He's 6-6 six six with a 594 ERA, 52 strikeouts, 24 walks, 63.2 innings. Uh, opponents are hitting 315 against him. With a, He had a 409 ERA in his last four appearances. Uh, the pick here would be Duke, but I'm not going to bet a minus 4.5 after Ryder just beat one of the most offensive teams in all of the country last night. Um, and at minus 500, there's no way I'm taking Duke. In this game, I would like the over most at 12 and a half. Uh, next one on our slate is Texas and Miami. The Hurricanes are minus 140. The Longhorns plus 110. Total set at 11 and a half, minus 115 both ways. Plus one and a half on Texas is minus 155. Miami, minus one and a half, plus 125. Uh, for Texas, I project that LeBaron Johnson Jr. will get the ball. He's seven and three with a 282 ERA, 86 strikeouts, 31 walks in 73.1 innings, 223 batting average against him with a 214 ERA in his last six appearances. He's been on fire in his last six appearances at 214 ERA. And for Miami, I don't feel great about this projection, but Carson Ligon did make his first appearance since an injury uh, last weekend against Wake Forest. He threw 53 pitches, gave up one run. He didn't look bad at all. Uh, he's 3-1 and one on the season with a 425 ERA, 34 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 48.2 innings pitched. If he throws, they've got a fighting chance. But Texas, as a dog, plus, plus 110 on the money line, I like that. Uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr. on the mound. Uh, give me the Longhorns at plus 110. Texas plus 110. Writing that down on my notebook next to me. Uh, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Oregon State against LSU. The Tigers are minus 155. The Beavers plus 125. Total set at 14 and a half. 
minus 115 both ways, uh, plus one and a half, minus 120, LSU minus one and a half, minus 110. Uh, listed for this game that I have, I think that Oregon State could throw AJ Laddery. He's 4 0 with a 409 ERA, 48 strikeouts, 20 walks in 44 innings. Uh, with a batting average against him of 226, and he had a ERA of 293 in the month of May. He made four appearances during that month. For LSU, I think that Ty Floyd could start here. I mean, you start Paul Skeens on game one for whatever reason, but you saved the rest of your pitching staff. You only used one arm on Friday. Um, I would think that you would use Floyd here in game two. You win both of the first two games, and then you have two bullets on Sunday slash Monday to get you out of the regional. That has to be the thought here, I would I would guess. Uh, Floyd is 7-0 with a 459 ERA, 76 strikeouts, 28 walks, 66.2 innings pitched on the year. He's got a 192 opponent's batting average and a 3 ERA in his last three appearances. For me here, it's LSU. I don't really believe in the Oregon State offense in general, um, and they're down two of their best starters. So Lattery has kind of been their fourth starter slash reliever that can stretch out uh, longer and be a long relief. I don't see it from the Beavers being consistent, putting up 17 runs a game like they did yesterday against Sam Houston State. Uh, so I, I like LSU at minus 155. Um Probably too much uh, juice on on that, knowing that Paul Skeens isn't on the mound here. And once Floyd comes out of the game, they're able to – I mean, opposing offenses, it's like, okay, it's go time. we got three innings to score six runs or however many the Tigers offense put up, and it's, it's game time. But uh, LSU minus one and a half, minus 110 would be my favorite play here. Um Nine o'clock, Sanford against Penn. We have a three versus a four seed in these in the winners bracket, and it's not the only scenario that we have. This college baseball is awesome. Sanford and Penn, they're minus one fifteen straight up both ways. Uh, total set at twelve minus one fifteen also, um, and then minus one and a half on Sanford is plus one twenty. The plus one and a half on Penn is minus one fifty. Now, for this matchup, I got to find where I wrote it, though. Penn, uh, I, I project them to start Cole Sapphiro. He's 5-2 and two with a 309 ERA, 72 strikeouts, 26 walks, 64 innings on the season, and opponents are hitting 228 against him. He's got a 609 ERA in his last three appearances. And then for Samford, I think Brody Westbrook's could start. He's three and three with a 5.58 ERA, 67 strikeouts, 24 walks, 71 innings pitched, with a 3.03 batting average against him. He's got a 6.77 ERA in his last four appearances. So both of these guys not really in that great of form. Uh, total set at 12, but we didn't get there in either one of the games yesterday. Uh, both offenses here from both teams didn't put up that many runs themselves. I think Penn scored five and Sanford scored two or four. I mean, uh, and they had one through nine innings. I would lean over here, but 
I don't know. Give me Penn for the podcast. Give me the four seed. I like the store. I like the store. Um, Nine o'clock, Texas A&M against Stanford. Uh, the Cardinal are minus 130 on the money line. Texas A&M plus 100. Total set at 14. Uh, minus one and a half on Stanford's plus 120. The plus one and a half on Texas A&M is minus 150. Uh, I think Justin Lampkin will start for Texas A&M. He's 3-3 three and three with a 562 ERA, 74 strikeouts, 28 walks in 57.2 innings pitched. He's got a 213 batting average against him. In his last four appearances, he's been great with a 266 year at Stanford. On the other hand, I think they'll start Matt Scott. He's five and three with a 468 year array, 57 strikeouts, 30 walks in 59.2 innings, uh, a 218 batting average against him on the season, and he has a 524 year array in his last three appearances. Uh, the whole point about Stanford is that we're just a little bit nervous about how much depth, uh, how much depth in this pitching staff behind Quinn Matthews they actually have. Um, Texas A&M, if Lampkins on the mound, wouldn't be a bad play as a dog. Plus one hundred uh, would probably be my pick here on A&M. A&M plus one hundred. Writing that down next to me. Uh, three more games on the on the slate here. Washington against Oral Roberts. This is the other three four matchup for the winners bracket final. Washington's minus one twenty. Oral Roberts is minus one ten. Total set at twelve and a half. Minus one fifteen both ways. Washington minus one and a half is plus one twenty. Oral Roberts plus one and a half is minus one fifty. Um, the Golden Eagles. I project Harley Golert. To start, he's 10 and 1 with a 327 ERA, 82 strikeouts, 29 walks in 82.2 innings, 234 opponents batting average. Uh, and he has a 204 ERA in his last six appearances. For Washington, I think Kiefer Lord will get the ball. He's 6 and 5 with a 560 ERA, 75 strikeouts, 17 walks in 72.1 innings. Uh, hitters are hitting 265, uh, 264 against him. And he has an ERA of 1748 in his last three appearances. You just can't back that. <laughs> I can tell you that for one. Uh, total set at 12 and a half in Stillwater is really enticing. But Oral or Roberts at minus 110 would be the look here for me. Writing that one down as well. Oral Roberts minus 110. Uh, if Kiefer Lord's on the mound, he just has not pitched well lately. Two more games, 9 o'clock as well. Oregon and Vanderbilt. The Vandy boys are minus 165 on the money line. The Ducks plus 135. Total set at 12 and a half. Uh, minus 125 for the plus one and a half on Oregon. Minus one and a half on Vanderbilt. Minus 105. Oregon, I think, will start Turner Spoljarek. He pitched great in the Pac-12 tournament final. He's 6-0 and on the year with a 632 ERA. He's got 29 strikeouts, 18 walks in 47 innings. Opponents are hitting 317 against him, and he had an 872 ERA in May, along with that good start in the Pac-12 tournament championship game. For Vanderbilt, Hunter Owen is healthy. They said he's going to pitch at some point this weekend. Why not on Saturday here? 
Uh, I think he's their next best option. So I put him as my projected starter. He's 4-0 on the year, 315 ERA, 72 strikeouts, 17 walks, 60 innings with opponents hitting 209 against him. In his first start back uh, from injury, he threw three innings, gave up one run to Florida. In all consideration, it was not a bad start at all. Then the final matchup of the day is TCU and Arkansas. The Hogs are minus 165 on the money line. Uh, did I give out a, uh, an opinion on, the, on that game? Oregon, Vanderbilt, I like Vanderbilt on the money line. I think they win the game. The, the pick here, I guess, would be on Vandy minus one and a half at minus 105. Uh, last game, TCU, Arkansas, the Hogs. Minus 165 on the money line, plus 135 for TCU, 11.5 both ways. Minus 1.5 for Arkansas is plus 100. TCU plus 1.5, minus 130. We have a confirmed pitcher for this game, one of the two confirmed pitchers of the 31 games. Arkansas will start Hagen Smith. But reading off TCU first, they will be the road team in this game, Cam Brown. He's 3-2 with a 5.25 ERA. I think he's going to end up starting here for the Frogs. Uh, 55 strikeouts in the season, 33 walks, 48 innings, uh, 2.08 batting average against him. And in his last three appearances, he has a 2.81 ERA. For Arkansas, for Arkansas I mentioned it would be Hagen Smith. He's 8-1 with a 2.69 ERA, 102 strikeouts, 38 walks, 67 innings. Opponents are hitting 199 against him, and he has a 280 ERA in his last four appearances. For me, minus 165, again, just a little too juicy here. Um, I, If anything, if you're going to play Arkansas, that would be my pick. I would like them minus 1.5 plus 100. Um, and the over 11.5 seems enticing as well uh, for this game. So, just ran through all 31 games on the slate. My favorite angles for the day are Florida A&M plus 4.5, minus 130. Lipscomb plus 130 on the money line. Uh, the over 12 in Xavier, Eastern Illinois. Nichols in Boston College over 12.5. Under 11.5 in Southern Miss, Auburn. Clemson minus 125, the under 10.5 in Indiana State, Iowa. Texas plus 110 on the money line. Texas A&M plus 100 on the money line. And Oral Roberts minus 110. Uh, so those are my favorite plays here on this podcast. I will tweet out everything that I play prior to me crashing here in the next half hour. Um I appreciate you guys for listening to the show. Make sure you, if if you're going to bet these games, know that the pitchers aren't confirmed, and these were my best guesses. I'm not trying to steer you guys wrong uh, with all these projected pitchers. So if you're betting them right now, I feel pretty good about most of them that I uh, announced here on this pod and that will be in the description of this show. But uh, just know that, it could be changed. And if it is like, I truly believe that the best option for the team to throw was me announcing whoever I did for that game here in this show. So uh, just, just know that if you end up betting it and the pitcher that 
throws is not the guy that I mentioned. It's all just kind of up in the air right now. We don't know. Uh, and most of it doesn't get put out until maybe like an hour before the game on the team's social media. So that's the number one way to find out, in my opinion. That's what's worked best for me throughout the year. So good luck with all your bets. Uh, have a nice weekend. I'll be here again uh, tonight slash Sunday morning for uh, the loser bracket games. And, yeah, I think it would just be loser bracket games. The The slate would be cut in half, so it's not nearly going to be as long of a podcast. Thank you all for joining. Um, follow me on Twitter at 77NB. I'm always terrible at ending these shows. Follow the show uh, at Twitter on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network has a ton of great podcasts for any sport that you're interested in betting. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, number one way to do that is download the app, the SGPN app, and you can also view all of my picks, uh, college baseball picks, for free on that website and app. So it's on the MLB tab. Under that tab, college baseball picks. You can view them for free. I'll be uploading those right after the show. So last time, thank you for listening. With that, I bid you adieu. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos.